All right, so welcome back to Will's Mom for episode two of Grumblings from the Cheap Seats. Um, we we uh, we hope we have a good episode for you today. Obviously, we have a lot to talk about. Um, so uh, I think I think Will Will wants to uh, uh, humble brag about how about how accurate his hot take was on the last episode. So I don't know, Will, you want to set this up, or do you want me to just roll the roll the clip? I don't think I can hide from it. Let's just roll it back. I'm, I'm not worried. I, th I think it's over on Saturday night. Um, yeah, I and I think it's, I think it's going to be over with a bit of authority. Um, I don't oh, I think, think so it's too. going to be a grinding game. I think um, I'd be very surprised if Toronto doesn't come out in the first period with their legs on fire and it's almost put away in the first 20 minutes. All right. So uh, what do you have to say now? Uh, so the integrity of this podcast just took a hard punch in the dick. Um, and it was pretty yeah. low to start with. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think you can get much lower, but uh, they made a lot of people look pretty stupid. And I think, again, I'm not trying to deflect because, you know, as a fan and as a borderline wanting to be a podcaster, you make these assumptions based on trends and what you see, but holy crap, they sucked. Well, where, where where were they when we were? They were up three two, at the last podcast. Or no, they were up three one. They were going into game game five. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. They were they were in game six. They were up three two. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't like if we spend a little bit of time talking about the disaster that that that, that was. I even before we did this, I listened to a, I don't know if you heard it, but an interview with uh, with um, uh, Mitch Marner. I don't know if you heard that one or not. His like, oh, right I, after the game. I, I I heard that, but you know, I was also listening to the Fan Five Ninety, uh, and they were having all of their year-end wrap-up pressers today. And, right? Yeah, and Bitchy Mitchy didn't win anybody over with that either. What did he say? I didn't see that today. Um, a lot of deflecting. Uh, basically he reiterated that he wants to be the guy and he's going to try to be the guy, but essentially, uh, whatever, I think we can swear on here because it's our podcast, but essentially, uh, shit happens. And there was very little accountability. Um, again, a lot of deflection and a lot of, well, you know, we'll try next year. You're completely the opposite of what came out from other guys. So here we go. I'm getting fired up. What did Austin Matthews have to say? I didn't hear Austin Matthews. I don't know if he's spoken yet or not. Um, but here's some takeaways. We heard from Joe Thornton. And basically, it was very quick. They asked him what his future was and what he thought might happen. And uh, he very sort of appropriately said, uh, this ended way too quickly. And it hasn't set in yet that it's over. So I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow, let alone next year. Um, good answer. Jason Spezza came on and you could tell that he was a little bit defeated and disappointed, but he also said that sometimes these things take time and all we can do is keep pushing forward and, you know, we'll make some changes and we'll be better. That's also a fair veteran answer. Um, Wayne Simmons sounded like he didn't want to be back, which is surprising, but also understandable. And it, Again, I'm reading between the lines and... What did he say? I didn't, I didn't see any of this today. Was... 
well, it's a lot of rhetoric. It's always going to be rhetoric. I don't even know why they bother with these things. They're not candid. They're not honest. But if you kind of dig into what Wayne Simmons was talking about, I think he basically said, look, I tried my best, but I can't make soft guys hard. And, and, you know, he says he's open to coming back, but he's not sure what direction management's going to take. And I think you can dig into it all you want and you can say what all you want, but I think there's a lot of vets that were frustrated because they were brought in to do a job and they tried to do a job and they tried to lead these guys and hold these guys accountable. And I don't think there was a lot of success with that. And I think there's a lot of up in arms and, you know, I'm Wayne Simmons. I think he's 34. He's only got so many years left and he wants to win and he might not see it here. Now, Wayne Simmons didn't exactly set the, set the world on fire when he was here. Sorry about that little blip there. I had a little technical glitch. So you were talking about Wayne Simmons not wanting to come back and what he was saying, but reading between the lines. Yeah, that's all it is. And, and again, like Wayne Simmons didn't set the world on fire. I think he came out strong and he tried to do what he needed to do, but you know, he faded down towards the end. And obviously the way that the playoffs turned, I mean, his role can only do so much, but I, I think it's telling. And again, you, you can't read too much into these season ending pressers even though that's exactly what I'm doing and exactly how I'm trying to kind of dig into it but I think there's a lot said in what's not said and he didn't sound happy and I like that he didn't sound happy but he also sounded a bit defeated you know there, there wasn't that whole concept of well you know hopefully I can come back next year and you know we, a few pucks can go our way and we can run a bit deeper and we can make Toronto proud it really just kind of sounded like I don't think it's going to happen with this crew well, would you want to come back? I, I mean, it's. I don't. I don't know. You don't. You don't know what's happening in the. You don't know what's happening in the in the back end, right? Like, like. You know, when you have all of these, like, like, think about the. I know this is going to be like a. I don't know if this is counts as as a hot take or just a shitty take, but to compare it to softball, like, think about all of the like pricks we had in our team when we had our team, it was yeah. fun while we were winning, but when we were losing, they were just assholes. Well, that's right. it. And I mean, there's, there's different ways to look at that too. Yeah. They were assholes, but they were assholes because they wanted to compete and, and they felt like they were on a different level than we were, which was fine. I mean, we sucked. Yeah. Yeah. But, 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 but they, but they, so, sorry, like to interrupt it, like, but maybe they had proven that. Right. So, so the comparison that I was trying to make was if you look at um, I, I can't remember if it was Chicago or, or LA, but actually, I think it was both of those guys, both of those teams. Those players got paid after they did something. But the Definitely. Leafs has a bunch of guys that got paid right away for doing nothing. Yeah. Um, so, so you have a guy like, like you know, even like Jumbo or like Wayne Simmons and Spezza should feel this way too. Like, who are these? Who are these jokers? Like, they've done nothing, um, right? So, what, who are they to dictate what happens in this room? Like, I should be dictating that. So, I, I would want to be part of that. I wouldn't want to be part of that group. Like to give to give like a direct comparison, like in real life. Um, you know, I came into you know I started a, a new job over the last few months. Yeah, um, and I came into it with a bunch of industry experience, and there are people who have been here longer than me who de- who will defer to me uh, because I have that experience over them. Um, but if I came into this team and there were a, I'm calling my group a team, and there were some people who had you know significantly less experienced than me who are trying to dictate to me what to do, I would probably be out the door soon too. And this is just, they're just humans on these teams, right? So that's what I think is happening. 
Absolutely. And, you know, you, you, we've heard a lot over the last couple of days of heart and grit and determination. And I don't think we can challenge that. I mean, you don't become a professional athlete by not having heart or effort or determination. But you can certainly be passive. And everything that I saw out of the last three games, five, six, and seven, I saw certain members being very passive. I saw certain members, and I, I hate this term because it implies what it shouldn't imply, but I, am, I, I saw a lot of soft play. I saw a lot of playing it safe. I saw a lot of playing scared. And, I, you know, you, you didn't see grit. You didn't see that will. And, and you saw that coming out of Montreal. And you saw that out of the vets. Again, Spezza didn't quit. Joe Thornton's 42 years old, can barely skate, let alone barely walk. He didn't quit. And, and you know, we talked about <clears throat> game uh, game five where, where Muzzin scored two goals. Now, uh, Muzzin got hurt and we lost Muzzin. And sure, there's a bit of a hole there, but I, there, there isn't quit. I, I just see this passive attitude, and I'm not going to harp on Matthews because I think Matthews did a lot. I think Matthews did what he could. Yeah, but there were it, also there were also like Keith. I think needs to take some heat here because there were some matchup issues where he didn't change anything up. He just kept throwing his players out against the same guys that Montreal was throwing out, um, who were shutting them down, um, even when he had the last change. So, like, was he partly responsible for Matthews being shut down? Yes and no. I, I think. This is the third year where Matthews and Marner haven't performed. So they didn't do it under Babcock. They're not doing it under Keith. I think this is a learning curve for Keith. I I can't put a lot of stock in last year. There was the bubble, the play-in tournament. It was against Columbus. Um, it was it was Keith's first year. It was a bit of a mess. Sure, it wasn't the greatest result. Well, it wasn't a result. But this year, I I think it. I call this a learning curve for Keith. I think why? I think why do we have to have a coach that that needs to be in a learning curve? Like I'm tired of that in Toronto. We shouldn't we, have a learning curve coach. But we we've gone down that road. We've gone down that road with Babcock. We've gone down that road um, with Ron Wilson. Um, True. Like it's it they they've been here, and I think the idea of bringing in Keith, who kind of nurtured these kids with the Toronto Marlies and, and his forward thinking and has the relationship with Dubas. I think there's value there. I just, he didn't make adjustments and I think he was afraid to make adjustments because it, it was overwhelming and it just, the guys weren't going absolutely should, you know, five minutes in should Marner have been bumped down and Nylander up on the first line with Matthews a hundred percent. Should they have done other things? Should they've, should they've switched up the power play? Um, should Marner have been down on the third line and sort of forced to check? Absolutely. But it's all reactionary and, and it's in panic mode and you don't want to make that move. You're trying to trust your guys. You're trying to trust your, your winger who had 61 points during the regular season that, you know, maybe he's going to put his head down and lean into somebody and maybe he's going to get a loose puck and maybe he's going to get it to your, your, your hall of fake caliber center. And he, and he's going to be able to do something with it and, and time ticks away. And again, we saw it. And in typical Leafs fashion, they woke up with eight minutes to go in the third period and it was too little too late. Yeah, but I mean, to, to kind of combine to, to the next topics here, if we talk about Marner and trades, because um, I think they're both, they both go together. Oh, um, absolutely. Um, so, so I think even if Marner had a decent playoff, okay, um, I think that having 50%, and I mean, you're in a, shitty situation because of covid and i'm sure the salary cap is not going up again i'm sure no it's, it's not. flat it's flat it's flat so you have 50 percent of your salary in four players 
Um, mm -hmm. So even if he was okay, I think you almost have to trade one of the four now. You have to, and and, and because like it it it's it's uh, manifests itself in you can't fill out the rest of the roster properly. You end up with like begging guys like Spezza, can you take minimum? And like you're you're at the basement. Like there was a defenseman who is it Brown Connor Brown, I think. Forward, yeah, he went to Ottawa. Forward, he, was, yeah. he had to basically like side Marner, you're out. That was basically all that it was, right? Um, so, so I, I think that the, the crappy thing is, I think Marner's trade value is probably not where it should be, but I don't think you have a choice. I think one of the top four has to be traded so that you can use that 11 million dollars to sign two, you know, bottom six players as opposed to having a bunch of minimum salaried guys, two or three, maybe you could even get like serviceable people as opposed to $700,000 people. I think you have to. I, I, I disagree. I think, I think Marner's trade value hasn't taken a hit. Okay. Well, I think, still, but, I think, but... I think, I think Marner has value, but Marner doesn't have value in this format. Marner can't be one of four eating up 50% of the cap. Like you said, yeah. but if you send Marner to a team, you know, that has cap space, needs a scoring or a, a rushing winger needs somebody who can drive a line and Marner can drive a line, uh, you know, especially during the regular season, there's value there, but he needs to go to a place where he's the guy and he needs to go to a place where I don't think he needs to deal with the scrutiny. Like he does in Toronto. See, I, I, I don't think, I, I, I don't think, think he's built my, for it. I, I just, somebody was saying today on the radio. I don't, I don't remember even the host names anymore. Was it today or yesterday? I don't know that you're kind of, who's the morning show now. Uh, Ziggy and Scotty Mack. Yeah, maybe it was them. I can't remember. But they were going in about uh, going on about like, what do you do if you trade Marner and he goes somewhere else and wins? Then you look like a buffoon. If he stays and you lose, then you look like a buffoon. I actually don't care if he goes somewhere else and wins. It's a different no. circumstance. Go win. Good for you. There's nothing wrong. It does. That's not a reflection. Like like when Kessel left the Leafs and went to Pittsburgh and won two Stanley Cups, that's that's because he was no longer the the the, um, the top guy. He was a complimentary player on a team of superstars, and he just faded into the background. That's what he needed. He wasn't built to be in Toronto. Um, Kessel, if Marner leaves and and wins somewhere else, super. But but like I'm saying, aside from the fact that he had he's had. A, I think he's played 18 playoff games and has zero goals. If I'm right at that, yep. right. Um, he, you have to trade $11 million off of this payroll. You have to, you, you, you can't have zero production for it. And, and this is a team, you know, much like the Raptors are now where the, the regular season shouldn't matter. It, you know, this, this exactly. team's at a point where it needs to be built for the playoffs. It needs to be able to perform in the playoffs. And, and I don't see that with Mitch Marner on this team, not just because of who he is, but the way that it kind of, like you said, it ties up the cap and it limits opportunity. Let, let's look at what's happening this year at the end we're heading into free agency. You're, you're going to lose Freddie Anderson, which is fine. I mean, maybe he does come back because I don't know if there's a market for a 32 year old goaltender who has history of injuries and hasn't performed, you know, to the level that you would expect for a marquee goaltender. Um, there's a few, maybe Pittsburgh takes a look at him. I heard that today, but you know, maybe he does come back to Toronto and he comes back on a lower contract and it's a, the one, a one B with Campbell. Like, you know, we kind of hoped it would be towards the end of the season and it's an opportunity for Anderson to maybe rebuild some value. Yeah, but, 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 so, but, but, but Campbell played 
Campbell played well in the playoffs. Oh, Campbell's your starter. There's I think no he's question. the starter. Like, Campbell is your starter, but you need yeah. a backup, and it can't be David Riddick. But I also I, don't know that it can be Anderson. I, I think if you've got... Do they let him go to... When does when does your new team start? Is it next year or the year after? Yeah, next year. Okay, so um, leave him out? Let Leave him unprotected? Well, you can't protect him because he's a free agent. Oh, he is a free agent. So he's a friend, why, Franny why, Anderson's a free agent. Why bring him back? You can find a, a backup goalie. But what you do you mean? But the, you, you can and you can't. I mean, Campbell was a backup goalie. Yeah, he was. But Campbell was always underperforming. He didn't live up to the expectations. He's a first round draft pick. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't really given the opportunity or the system to be able to perform. And he's showing with, I mean, he's a confidence driven guy. I mean, you see it. He has a bad game. And, and, you know, he wants to jump off a bridge. Yeah, but, so, but then you can't have a guy like, if you're going to trust him, I don't think you can have Anderson sitting in the wings. Here's, here's, here's 1B. I think you have to give this guy the chance. I, I think you have to go into the season with him knowing he's the number one goaltender, but I think he needs to know that he's got somebody pushing him. And, and I think he needs to know that if he has an off night, you know, they can give him the next day off and the team's not going to crumble. You, you, you can't have a Jack Campbell and a Michael Hutchinson. So I, I, I don't know what's out there. I don't know what options are, but so I mean, and kind of getting back to it, you've got Freddie Anderson, who makes $5 million as, as you know, your quote unquote, number one goaltender, you, you need a second goaltender. That's fine. I mean, Campbell makes nothing. He's like 1.2 million. So you freed up $5 million in Freddie Anderson. Zach Hyman is a free agent. And if, if you were to ask me right now, who do I want on the line with Austin Matthews every day? I want Zach Hyman playing with Austin Matthews over Mitch Marner because I think you can put William Nylander up with Austin Matthews and he's going to be able to give you similar production to what you get out of Mitch Marner and you're still going to have Hyman doing what he needs to do. Now, Hyman, uh, Hyman's not coming back for less than $5 million. So let's say, let's say that you take the $5 million that you've got for Freddie, you free up a little bit of money because Joe's not coming back. Um, Simmons probably doesn't come back. Maybe you bring back Bogosian, who knows. But... You, you essentially take the money that Freddie's making right now and you give that to Hyman. So you're at a wash. You're still down a backup goaltender. You're still down depth and you're essentially at zero cap space. So like you said earlier, are you going to continue to plug the holes with old vets who want a chance to win? And then here's the other thing. Toronto's not exactly showing that it's an opportunity to win right now. So, you know, you got guys that, yeah, I grew up near Toronto and that's fine. And, I want to try to win for a cup contender. The cachet of being in Toronto might not be as bright as it was heading into this year when Joe and Simmons came. So where are you going to fill these holes? And it's a flat cap. And even if, you know, things rebound next year and we come out of the pandemic and arenas start to fill up and jerseys are selling again and everybody's happy, the caps can only go up so much. So it's a flat, I think, at $80 million right now. So even say rolling into 22-23, it goes up to $83 million. That's not a lot of money. Plus, you got kids coming that you're going to have to pay. So you've also got Morgan Riley, who's heading into the last year of his contract, and he's at $5 million. Do you extend him, or do you basically leave him as a lame duck and hope for the best? This team needs to find money. And this team needs to find money from somewhere or from someone that's easily replaceable. Now, Marner, Marner's a top five winger in the NHL. There, you, you, you can't refute that. I mean, the numbers are there, the scoring's there, the regular season consistency's there. But anyone else in the top five isn't making $10.4 million. 
and sure as hell isn't disappearing the second the playoffs start. So if you can send him to someplace, I don't know, like <clears throat> Carolina, if you can send him someplace like Carolina, where it's a comfortable environment, it's a team built around speed and finesse, which suits his MO, and <clears throat> you get something decent back. I mean, I wouldn't even know what you would look back. You know, maybe I thought, they. I thought your thing was uh, was Buffalo. I, I hate Buffalo. Sure. But the more and more I think about it, why does Buffalo want Mitch Marner? Because Jack Eichel doesn't want to be there. Yeah, but Mitch Marner's not going to give you much else. And there's nothing in there's nothing in Buffalo that's going to make Mitch Marner successful. So you're going to trade a malcontent center who makes less than Marner. You're going to bring in a winger who's showing that he can't perform in the playoffs and you don't have a center to play with him. So, that, I mean, there's also the aspect is, well, Does Eichel Mitch makes Marner... $10 million, so it's not really a big difference. But, I mean, it's it's a half a million dollars. I mean, there's a defenseman. Mm-hmm. So, or sorry, I mean, the league minimum. But um, does Mitch Marner make Matthews better, or does Matthews make Mitch Marner better? Well, it should be Matthews making Marner better, but I don't think it's working that way. But, so if you take Marner away from Matthews, if he's not playing with us. But if he, uh, I'm, I'm not from a Leafs perspective, but as, a, as the team that you're going to trade with's perspective, if you take Marner away from Matthews and this is the maximum output you get because you've got um, Mitch Marner playing with an, you know, a premier talent in Austin Matthews. If your center, if your number one center isn't anywhere near close to Austin Matthews caliber, are you confident that Mitch Marner's worth $10.4 million? He's not worth $10.4 million. And in fact, I don't, I don't think that he, I don't think that he, uh, I don't think that he does make anybody around him better. I think that he'll end up being the type of player. I'm, I'm trying to think of a comparable. I can, for some reason, I can only think of it in basketball. Uh, but like, he'll be a guy who scores a bunch of goals, but has very few assists kind of thing um, and has great stats, but is always, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but unless he's put on the right team, he'll have great stats, but never make anybody around him better. So it, it's becoming harder and harder to trade him, which which is problematic. So but there's always somebody. No, but I don't. I I'm flip flopping on what I said before. There's always somebody who sees his talent, and be like, I can, I can make him better. I can that, do this. The but, talents, the talents there. I mean, the talents exactly. undeniable. But it's you need to have a situation. I think that makes Mitch Marner, Mitch Marner. So, that I mean, that's kind of why if I'm Buffalo and if I'm everything that's Buffalo's been through, you know, and and um. You start going back to the draft where they thought they had Connor McDavid and like the president was disappointed when he had to draft Jack Eichel. I mean, it was, it was a great start to this relationship uh-huh. and you've been through this rebuild and you've had coach after coach and GM after GM. And finally you've got this, this all-star center and he's just had enough because you can't get it together. Are you going to want to bring in another failure? So- or are you going to, are you going to want to trade, Jack Eigel to say, uh, you know, the, the latest going around is that the Rangers are looking at him and the Rangers are willing to offer Lafreniere, who was the number one pick last year. So, so, and, and he's not making $10.4 million. So why haven't the, why hasn't like Austin Matthews or like Nylander or, or any of the big guys, uh, Tavares, like why haven't they come back and said the same thing? We can't get it together here. I don't want to be here anymore. Because there's there's different levels of hockey players yeah, but um, that's my point that's my think, point why haven't why haven't I, any of them said that why hasn't Tavares uh, for by all accounts um the Islanders have been better uh with him gone 
Um, now they had a new coach and they got a different GM and all of that stuff. But uh, why hasn't he, uh, he's supposed to be the veteran superstar. Like why hasn't he dragged them, uh, dragged them along? Um, right. Like, so is this team just like, is it another like rotten team or are they really like they can break through if they make a couple of changes or are they already the Edmonton Oilers? No, I, I, I think it's always going to be a team on the cusp. Um, <clears throat> the difference with John Tavares is he wanted to come here, yeah. right? He took, he, he took less money to come here. Um, Austin Matthews didn't have a choice to come here, but I think he's okay here. I think he likes it. I think he likes the cachet. Yeah, but, but no, but see what I didn't like about him is I didn't take his contract to mean that he doesn't want to stay, but every single player, um, except for Tavares, but all the top, those three, they all like, they all took the Leafs for every single penny they could get. Um, none of them took, none of them took a little bit of a haircut so that they could fill out the team better. They all looked out for themselves and Matthew signed the five-year contract instead of whatever it could have been six or seven um, because he wants to renegotiate after the fifth, after the fifth year and make even right. more money. Um, right. So, so I don't just don't see it as like a team. I don't, I don't see any of them as team guys. I think when those contracts were negotiated and yes, it was a mistake and it was handled poorly and Dubas, I don't think Lamorello I mean, would have handled it that way. No, absolutely not. And and I think Dubas in hindsight, again, we're going to talk about learning curves. You needed to lock up the three of them before you signed Taveras. You needed to set that plateau. And, you know, I don't think Willie you did. I don't think you did. Sorry, you cut you off. Like, I think that like you had them all, they were all going to be like restricted free agents, right? There's yep. nothing, they, they weren't going anywhere. Um, I think you bring in Tavares and you fill out the roster and then these guys win, right? And then pay them and then like redo the roster around them. Um, you know, the, 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 there could have been other ways to, there could have been other ways to do this. I, I just don't, I, I, <laughs> I just think that them getting paid before they earned it is is a big determinant in their added in their uh, in their attitude, right? They didn't yeah. earn anything. Frankly, like Tavares didn't really earn that contract either. Like he hasn't no, but, really done anything either. But that's what free agency is. I know. I mean, but these guys weren't free always, agents. That's the difference. No, and 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 I agree. And I don't refute the Matthews contract. And you know, when when Willie Nylander was going through it, yeah, I was thinking he's being ridiculous, but that's the one that's turned out pretty good. I He's mean, the one that's turned out good, yeah. but it's also a huge value. I mean, you're not getting anybody close to free agency for 6.8. That's going to give you what Nylander gives. Now these contracts were negotiated pre pandemic and you can't forecast a pandemic. And I think the contracts were negotiated under the understanding that the cap is going to go up. They weren't expecting two years of flat cap. I'm not, I'm not refuting that. I'm not saying anything about the, 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 the numbers on the contract in relation to the cap, because that's not their fault, right? I get that part. It's just that why did why did Marner earn a, whatever? Is it ten and a half or eleven million dollars? Whatever. Um, ten point four, I think. Fine, ten point four. What did no, he do to get ten point four? Um, you you can even argue that like Matthews, I think, is that player. He should get be getting paid what he's getting paid, and he would have gotten paid it. But I just don't think Marner did. Um, Nylander, it, it, that contract makes sense now. Um, there's just one like sore thumb, and I think that they have no choice. I think they have no choice but to explore that trade, and we'll see what happens. It's gonna turn. It's gonna come down to how stubborn is Dubas. Is he gonna like? Well, that's it, and I, I think 
I think he only pulls the deal if he can justify that the deal makes them better. This, this, this can't be a salary dump. It won't be a salary dump because you're dealing in a cap league, right? So you're taking money back no matter what. But he needs to be able to sell it as this is what we need to do make, to make the team better. Maybe it does give you a bit of financial flexibility. Again, maybe you're you're trading out $10.4 million, but you're bringing back a $5 million defenseman. That's fine. He's got right? to go, he's got to cross the hallway and go talk to uh, uh, Masai, uh, which we're going to talk about for sure this time, um, and ask him because he traded like a very popular player who was performing but wasn't performing well in the playoffs for a disgruntled superstar from another team for a one-year run, and they won. And I think we would all take that. Um, so yeah. he he needs to do something. He needs to do something bold and start to learn that he doesn't owe any of these guys anything. They work for him. Well, and um, that, that's a big thing. And, uh, you know, you, you can say all you want about Marner. And, um, you know, I, I heard a hot take on the radio um, basically saying you've got this guy who apparently bleeds blue and white and grew up wanting to be a Maple Leaf and was so happy he was drafted to be a Maple Leaf. Um, but won't do it unless the money's there. And he's comparing himself to Austin Matthews. And he, you know, he wants to be treated like Matthews. Me and then, and then sort of the end take out of that was, you know, maybe when you're in salary negotiations and, and Marner and his representatives are bending Dubas over the barrel, maybe that told you everything you need to know about who the kid is and what the kid expects. I, I see that, but I refute that. I mean, hockey is a business and hockey is free enterprise. And, you know, you didn't have to give the kid the money. Yeah, but, but you, you, are, are you, you really are you really telling me that like, so Dupas is what? Like, what is he, 40? Is he even 40? No, he's younger than me. I think he's like 36. Okay. You're telling me that like a bunch of like um, lawyer um, uh, agents weren't like, I'm going to take advantage of this 33-year-old. 100% well, they were. Like and and they and they 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 tried to be like to talk to his level and be sensible and they every, they all won. Everybody got everything that they that they wanted except Agreed. except the team. So like I think that he has to take some heat here as well. Um, I I don't know if it was should have been the right thing to keep Lamorello or not, but like it really bothers me. Um, and even with the with the Jays, I know it's a different sport, but they talk about there that there as well. If you want to be a big market team, you have to have big market. Um, management and finally the jays have big market management and a small market manager um, but that's the right person for that particular team right i just i just think that the leafs need like pro professionals um running the show and i don't think that they have a professional so somebody put it this way i heard on a call on some show the other day that that um um they were able to shake free lou lamorello like the ungettable guy they got him and then they let him go yeah. um like why not just pay him what like it's management so you can pay him whatever he wants pay him whatever he wants make dubas the gm if you want but make this guy like his dad basically right yeah, an like, advisor but but like an advisor not like not a bullshit advisor like an advisor with like authority somebody like in between like you know uh shanahan you deal with the business and like i'm gonna deal with the hockey operations um something i don't know i'm just well, i'm just i'm just saying that like that like this guy needs needs a dad like i don't care that he won the uh whatever the ajax hockey championship i'm, I'm exaggerating but n none of that means much um that's but a like, title <laughs> yeah but 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 like but, but like things were going well 
until he took full control and he and he made a proclamation like famous proclamation like i will sign all three or like we will keep all three it's going to happen and so you kept all three but then what's the rest of the what's the rest of the team so you've got four high priced forwards and basically like a bunch of like there's some kids with some potential and then a bunch of like garbage Right. Yeah. Like, 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 if, sorry, like I'm on a rant now. Mm-hmm. Like, like if Thornton wanted to be on this team, that's great. Except he should, he should have been on this team as like a spare part, not playing an important role. Um, right. He shouldn't be asked to play an important role. He should just you, you go along for the ride. This just team wasn't, isn't built right. I really don't think. No, I agree. So, I mean, going back to Lamorello, I, I think there's a lot of assumption that he would be open to that. You know, you, you look at Lou and you look at who Lou is and what Lou's been known for. Um, he's a hand on the throat guy. Okay, fine. And- but then put him in charge. And you got a guy who's in his mid-30s. Tell him, like, what has Dubas earned, right? So, so like, put, say, Lemerel, like, Lou, you're the GM. This is your assistant GM. Eventually, you're going to retire or die. Just groom him to be your replacement. And, so, and do you think do you think Dubas would have been like, fuck you, like I deserve to be the GM? He would have accepted that. There's more to it than that. And and this was documented and this was part of the reason why the decision was made. Um, despite what Dubas has done and what Dubas has accomplished, he was and probably still is a very hot commodity. And all contracts were up, and you had that three-headed monster of Lamorello, Dubas, and um Good old what's his face again. Um, Colorado wanted Dubas. Colorado was actively. Colorado asked for permission to speak to Kyle Dubas. Yeah. Okay. And okay. So, so I'll stop you there. Okay. Um, they, they. There was a coach of the Leafs. I'm forgetting his name now. Um, uh, but he was in the system for a long time. Didn't get the job as the coach. He left and went to Edmonton, I believe. Yep. Um, and like fizzled. Mm-hmm. So the hot commodity means nothing. So Colorado didn't get Dubas. They're doing just fine. Yeah. They didn't need him. So, so like to, to me, like you have to decide who is it that you're going to bat for? Um, who cares if other people like let them, let him go. Like, yeah. Yeah. What has he proven? Like, why really? did everybody want him? Because he was young and like smart. There's a lot of smart people, but I just don't think that I think that I would rather him go, learn his craft and Keith as well um, in a different, in a different market. So let's also back up a little bit. Like I know that Babcock is like, doesn't have any love for Babcock in the city at all. Um, But it was he more likely to listen to instructions from Dubas or Lamorello? Like, I don't think that he give, I don't think that he had any respect for for Dubas. But I think that he may have listened to like to he he may have done what he was told uh, by by uh, by um, by somebody uh, more senior to him who had who yeah. had all of that pedigree. So I just think there was a lot of mistakes, and now you end up with a coach who doesn't have any experience. You have you have a young coach and a young GM who, frankly, are probably being dictated to by the players. Right? They want to be they want to be part of the group, but I don't think that's what you need in this in this market, like there's a lot of pressure and you need somebody to shoulder the blame. Like, look at, I know this is, this is old school, but who was the last coach in Toronto to win a playoff series? Quinn. Quinn, that guy, right. That guy probably would have taken Marner and held him by like the throat against the locker. Yeah. You see what the problem is, is we tried that with Babcock. 
and 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 Babcock, there was all this uproar about Babcock's not being fair to Marner, Babcock's not yeah, but, being nice to Marner, and, so, and Marner's on the fourth line, he should be on the first line, and it didn't work. Yeah, but and the kid didn't respond. Start? But when did that start? So like so, under Lamorello. Okay, well, 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 then, like maybe that's a change that needs to. That, that's fine. I'm. Just, it's it's not maybe like the it's not maybe like the perfect example, but like at what point? I, I think. I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but like, at what point can we go back in history and say maybe he was right? Maybe he was right that Marner wasn't working hard and should have been on the fourth line. Uh, maybe he needed to be busted down. Like maybe he needed to be benched because sure. you know that because then Keith comes in and says like I love you all and I want to be your best friend and I want to do this and whatever. Um, and then and then um, what, what what results have? what results have come from it. You could make the argument that until that last year under Babcock, um, they were progressing. There was, there was steady progress. Um, yeah, but they I, had, they, the, the roster was a dumpster fire. Fine. I mean, it was, it was Austin Matthews and a bunch of guys who aren't even in the league anymore. That's fine. And this isn't necessarily like a Babcock thing. I just think that there were, that there are other like, professionals that are and i'm not saying they're not professionals i don't know what the right word i'm trying to say is experienced people who should be in this market like you should have i think that you should have the most expensive coach and gm that you can get um, in this market that's you you there's no limit on that there's no reason to have the right. the cheapest ones but they on the did market. they did they had they had lou lamorello and they had mike babcock who yeah. made eight million dollars a year yeah, that's fine, but that doesn't mean that you have to go all the way the other way. Like he could be the wrong guy, uh, the the wrong guy for that for that role. He he may have been the wrong guy for that group. I'm not. I'm just saying that maybe it's time to examine. Like it just seems, it just seems like uh, that Dubas is like untouchable. Like he's he's like the wonderkind. No, like he's, uh, he's it, Dubas is 100 on a hot seat now. Now they're they're not going to do anything about it this year, and maybe they don't do anything about it next year. But Brendan Shanahan needs to answer to somebody. And if you if you look at the setup again of the other pro teams, and we've gone back to it, but you got Masai. You got Masai and he's got Bobby Webster, right? Bobby Webster does the grunt work. Bobby Webster does what he needs to do. But Masai makes the call. And when people come to Toronto to play for the Raptors, they're coming to play for Masai. But, but that's the setup that I'm talking about, that I was well, talking about. So where's Brendan Shanahan in all this? Yeah, but I don't think that he's necessarily – like there, there's like a whole list of people that, are, that, that, that like need to be – need to be stronger here. Like somebody needs to go to, uh, so, so like, again, like I just think that everybody sees these differently, differently than real life. But like, but like in my, in my job, like if, if one of the, uh, if, if, if my, um, my area is not performing well, the, you know, the, 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 the top person is going to go to my manager and say like, what the hell's going on in uh, with, with national accounts in Canada? Oh, let me talk. Like, oh my God! Like, let me talk to James. He's in charge of that. And he'll come to me, and I'll be like, "Well, let me like, oh, oh my God! Let me go talk to the reps." That, that somebody has to start at the top, and he has to go to Dubis and be like, "Like, what, what the, what the hell is going on? Like, what's happening here?" And then he has to go to Keith and be like, and not be like, "Hey, dude! Like, what's going on, buddy? Like, oh my God! Can you believe?" He needs to tell him, like, this is not acceptable. So I, I know it was always extreme, but in every other market. Well, no, not in every other market, but in serious markets, they don't accept this. They will like, it doesn't matter. They will fire the coach. Somebody has to be accountable. We're firing the coach. Well, and so here's, sorry, just to, just to interject. I mean, we've talked about this sort of off tape and we do have differing opinions. 
I, I don't think firing the coach right now does anything because you've tried that and you, you, you've, you've brought in Mike Babcock. You've brought in the old grump. It didn't work. You've gone the other direction. You've brought in the young guy who's forward thinking it's not working. Yeah, but, uh, eventually, eventually, it needs to come down to the people that perform and the people that don't no, perform. Yes, I agree. I no, I, but I agree with that. But that's not. That's not. I don't. I'm not, it's not. Yes, I said fire the coach, but then th- then at least go to him and say directly, like, what are you going to do about Marner? What are you going to do about him? Right. And to say, and somebody has to be like, well, I'm going to get him in line and this is how I'm going to get him in line. Right. Like, that's what I mean about getting about, like, if, if Keith wants to progress, and I think that's how he has to progress, like progress, like this is how I'm going to get these guys in line next year. This is part of the, if he wants to say it's part of the process, fine. It's part of the process. But like, this is the first playoffs where he's shit the bed, not the coach, but like Marner and a lot of the superstar players. Well, so no, Marner shit the bed for 18 games. Yeah. But so, so, so what is your, what is, yeah, exactly. So, what, so is here's, your, here's, what is your plan? Like what, just tell me, like, I need to know, I got, I, and, and again, like everyday life, I get asked that all the time right like and 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 i i have a situation that i've told you i have a bunch of fires going on which is causing like failures but like the the question i get asked is what is your plan and if i can give a proper plan they're like okay we're willing to deal with this um because you have a vision in place what is the vision right so So i didn't see any vision in in that series at all like nothing no but 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 here's the thing maybe there isn't one exactly let's stop looking at the peripherals Maybe it's just the kid. So you, right. I mean, you can you can you can bring in any coach you want. You can bring in the best coach in the world, and you can bring in the best general manager in the world. You can bring in the best supporting staff in the world. But the kid just doesn't give a crap. Yeah, but that's part of the plan, though. Is so that, the pl- that? But that's part of the plan. Is that if somebody if somebody comes to me and says like, um, what what do we do about X? And the answer is like, there is nothing you can do. This is the wrong fit. That is part of the plan. Like, be honest. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's his ass on the line. And frankly, the person who makes the least amount of money on this team is Sheldon Keefe, right? He's the lowest right. papers. So he he is not rich yet. He needs to he needs this job. So so he needs to be honest. Somebody says, What's your plan? And they say, like, you know, honestly, Kyle, um, uh, and that's another thing. It would be Kyle versus like Mr. Lamorello, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm sure that they didn't call him uh, um, um uh, Mr. Lamorello. I'm sure they called him Mr. Lamorello. I'm sure they or did. Papa Lou. Papa Lou. So, uh, but like, uh, but like, um, what 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 are you going to do about Barner? If he goes and says like, you know, Kyle, I think that like, I, I don't I don't know what there is to do about this kid. It might be time to ship him out. That's an answer that that's part of the plan. Well, Somebody needs to stand up. I would be very surprised if that conversation hasn't already happened. And and. I think so. I mean, there's there's more to it, right? I mean, we're not just talking about Marner. We're talking about general accountability for the team. So you can fire a coach, that that's not going to change the team. They're just going to be like, oh, here comes another coach. We'll just keep doing what we're doing because, you know, we we combine make forty million dollars and everything's great and blah blah blah. We're in Toronto. That's awesome. Here's my Instagram, or you can kick one of their buddies out. And you can look at Matthews and you can look at Nylander and Nylander's got a little more leash because Nylander had a good playoffs and, and Nylander's not making a crap ton of money. And you can look at John Tavares and you can say like, look, this is a failure on you guys too, because you couldn't get it out. We, we invested in the four of you that want to do this together and you haven't done it. So one, he has got to go. Yeah, but I don't even think it has to be that. Like, let, let's look again. I, I was going to go back to a different sport, right? Um, and and like we do, like we'll transition soon into like we have two, a couple more topics to go through here. So, um, um, 
because if we start kind of talking about Maasai, the Raptors were on the longest streak of like consecutive playoff performances, but they kept losing in the first round, maybe once or twice in the second round. Right. Mm -hmm. And he, he traded the most popular player, arguably the second month. Well, I think he was the most popular player at the time whose best friend was on the team. Mm -hmm. And he said it was shitty. I didn't want to do that. And it was really hard. And it was obvious that like, um, that, um, uh, um, uh, how the hell am I forgetting? Uh, Kyle Lowry, wasn't, he, Lowry, Lowry, Lowry was upset. Yeah. I even remember after, they showed a video of the first game of the season that year where he did like a phantom high five, like pretend, you know, their like secret handshake with like uh, he would have done with DeRozan. Um, but, but I'm sure that, that besides my size answer was like, look, like it's great, but I want you to win a championship watch. And then they win a championship and you see the, uh, Lowry is like buddy, buddy with, uh, with, um, with, 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 um, Kawhi with Kawhi so 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 like it's just to me it's going to take some balls to say like look like we traded your you, we traded uh, your buddy um, to make the team better if you don't want to be part of this that's fine but I'm going to do what I need to do to make the team better I think that a strong message needs to come out because there's always this I, who who uh what do I always have a brain cramp um Brian Burke what did he call it at the time blue and white disease yeah, there's still blue and white disease. Of course, you, there's. You, you get but, on the Leafs and you think you're like you, you. You really get this message in your head, like Burke said at one point. He said, "We're gonna win here, and there's gonna be schools named after us." That's what yeah. they think. Just but like get out of your heads. Here's nothing. the comparative. Here's the comparative with the Raptors, right? It was a it was a hard trade to make, right? And yeah, it gutted a lot of people, and I'm sure Masai lost a lot of nights sleep over it. But you brought in Kawhi Leonard, right? So it's an easy sell. It it sucks. But this is what you have to do. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Do you got to give bold. up to get. But but you're not going to trade Mitch Marner for Connor McDavid. No, but you're not going to trade Mitch Marner for Connor McDavid. But you also have a situation where um, the the Raptors tr at the time uh, when they when they took off and the first season that they took off. Uh, forget about Kawhi Leonard at some point because you have to like walk before you can run. They they were having trouble even making the playoffs consistently, and they traded Rudy Gay, which was you know not a superstar but like a star. Right. right. They traded Rudy Gay away. And the point was to tank. Right. It was Masai who did that. The point was to tank and they were going to trade Lowry as well. But that fell through. But the team took off. Yeah. So sometimes there's addition by subtraction. subtraction. Sure there is. Sure I guess there is. I get it's a different sport as well. But like but like how does it feel uh, like like if you, it, the more you have like um, I was watching some of those power plays, the more you have like Marner just like doing circles on the boards, the more the puck isn't in somebody else's hands. So do you, do you have more touches for other people without him there? Probably. Right? Well, like, and you, you, you play differently. And again, same thing. You, you've got a two-minute power play, and you're losing eight-second intervals because Marner's skating around. Exactly. And he's not even skating around in any productive area. He's, like, on the boards, just yeah. in, in, like, no man's land. And then he'll try to make some, like, fancy pass without looking. Um, you, you know, uh, it just uh, I just think you need to, like, people need to, like, learn learn their place like you got to be you got to be smart and put yourself in the right like there was one play you know Spezza is a is a bit player now right like he's not he's not leading anything but right. there was this one play where he he found himself open he had a breakaway I don't know if you remember this and he just parked himself at the at the uh at the opposing blue line 
and he, he was smart. He was like, nobody's paying attention to me. I'm going to go here. And yeah. another smart player in the team passed to him. Um, and he had a breakaway. I don't think he scored, but he had a breakaway. Um, the point, what I think would have happened if Marner got that puck and Suspets up there alone, he would have taken, he would have tried to skate end to end and do a fancy, a fancy twirl and get a shot on that. Yeah. That's what it would happen. And it would have fizzled. So anyway, um, I, unless you, I don't know if you have something to close on that, but I think we should move on to, we're, we're going to lose the Raptors talk again. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of Mitch Marner talk. Oh, we'll see what happens. So I, I think something's going to happen. I think something's going to happen quickly. Um, he hasn't handled this well. So, I mean, on that note, I mean, I think, I think let's spend just a couple of minutes. I don't think there's a lot to say. Let's just spend a couple of minutes so we don't lose it again, talking about what do you think is going to happen with Masai and the Raptors? Is he staying or going? It's not so much that I, what I think is going to happen. It's I, I don't like this situation right now. Um, I get it, and I get the balls in Masai's court, and I know that MLSE will essentially write him a blank check to do whatever he wants. Um I don't like that it hasn't happened yet. But, but you don't know, and, though. You don't know the back end, right? Like, he may just be like, yeah, whatever, guys. Like, we'll get it done. Like, I'm busy right now. I want to go to Africa and do my charity. And just... I, I get I get that. I get that. But the Raptors are currently in their offseason. The yeah. Raptors are heading towards a draft where they'll have a top 10 pick for the first time in God knows how long. Now, I get it. There's Bobby Webster. There's absolutely Bobby Webster. But do you not think if Bobby Webster knows that Masai's not going to be back... Does that alter how Bobby Webster plays this draft? But I don't think, I, I honestly, this is just my personal take on what I think is happening. Um, after everything that Masai has been through in Toronto, after everything he knows happens in this marketplace, I really don't see, I, I, I maybe he'll leave eventually, but I don't see him like screwing around with them and taking them into the off season. No. And, then, and then like leaving them at the last minute and really, he won't screw them is what no, I'm trying to say. No, there, I don't think there's a man in pro sports with more integrity than Masai Ujiri. Right, so, so I don't I'm not, think that's going to happen. Yeah. I'm not questioning him. I just, I like things wrapped up. Yeah, but I they mean, may have made up a contract offer and he just doesn't care. He's like, I'll get to it. I'm, I'll, I'll sign it. Don't worry. I, I get that. Then, you know what? Then just sign it. Just sign it and go to Africa. And then, like, we can work backwards here. And and I have no issues with being in Africa. I mean, he's doing his Giants of Africa thing. But then now stuff's trickling out you know, he did an interview on ESPN yesterday um, where he's talking about this African basketball league being built and how it's going to progress and it's going to be great and there's going to be jobs and there's going to be development and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, is he posturing? Like, is this what, is this his next step? Is he going to go and, and, and build a league? And that's fine. Like, yeah, but, do, but, it, man, but, but, but do it. But he can't do that. But I think this is the place where he can do it. So, so like, also, also, like if the if uh, um, I have the numbers wrong because he's going to get paid a lot, but if MLSE offered him eight million dollars a year now, right, it's probably going to be eleven million dollars by like two months from now. So he, there's a benefit to him waiting, but he can't. He's handing stuff off to Bobby Webster. He can go like f off and do his Africa League and just like be available. I'm, if I'm any questions. This is just pure speculation, and this is just me bullshitting. Masai's getting 20 million a year. Probably. Masai's going to get 20 million a year and Masai's going to run Toronto. And I'm 100% okay with that. He's now, the only one who's won a championship of any major sport. And yes, I'm ignoring the CFL and M- MLS and yeah. whatever the lacrosse league is um, in, in the last long time. Just n- not to go back to hockey, but just to put in context, there's a number that I forgot to say. We can't, like How many years has it been since the Leafs won a Stanley Cup? 67 67 right um 
and they haven't won a round in 18 years. So yeah. they're approaching like, what? what is that? Is that like a third? It's, yeah, no, it's awful. <laughs> uh, of that, that they haven't even won a round of the playoffs. So that's even worse. So yeah. Masai is like the king of the city until he wins again or the Blue Jays win or... Uh, you know, or the Leafs win, right? So, yeah, fr- no, frankly, it's... frankly, like, do kids care anymore? Like, you know, our nephew and nephew, I don't think he gives a crap about sports. There's nothing. No, it's a different world. And, and so. it, sure. And uh, anyway. no, it's, 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 it's Masai City. And again, a blank check. And, you know, in his post, in his season ending press conference, when he talked about, it's not just about the money. I know the money will be there. I want to talk to the team about what we're going to do to develop. If I'm MLSE, I'm saying, you don't even need to, you don't even, don't show us the plan. We don't care because you're going to hit it out of the park. Yeah, right? but that, that, that might be what it is too. Like he may be uncomfortable with like this Bell Rogers thing. And he may be want assurances that like, um, I, I want to go into the tax, into, into luxury tax if i want if i um he's already been given the go ahead for that he mentioned that in his post post um season well then there's something that he wants just to know like what are you what what are we going to do here because i don't think he wants to be like the fifth seed every year right no and i i think he wants to be able to develop a uh, development program i wouldn't be surprised and and he said it's it's more about putting us on the map and us being recognized as a premier franchise he wants another all-star game i think he wants a wnba team I, i think there's a lot of stuff that he wants here that kind of makes Toronto look what it should look like in his eyes. And if I'm MLSE and I've got billions of dollars, just do it. Just think, do it and give us the invoice. I think, though, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Raptors are worth more than the Leafs. I, I, I wouldn't know that. I, I think that they are. I just think that that's just the league. I think that just the league is more valuable sure, than. Sure. Oh, oh, that that's without question. Yeah. So, so like, and they they are definitely also like a cash cow. Um, mm-hmm. So I just think that they've replaced the Leafs as like the model franchise. I would call them now the face of MLSE. Well, uh, wasn't the number one jersey sale in China last year Watanabe? And and it, that's awesome. Like that's absolutely awesome that this guy comes out of nowhere, yeah. and they're not buying LeBron James jerseys. They're buying Utah Watanabe jerseys. Yeah. Anyway, I mean. We can talk about Masai forever. We know it's going to get done. I hope it's not a two-year or a one-year or whatever deal. I, I I hope he takes $20 million, 10 years, whatever. And then he needs to sign Kyle. And does he? Yeah, he does. I he think can't... he needs to sign Kyle just because, like, if I were the Raptors, I would have – I wouldn't have gone all in on this last season. It was a bizarro season where they had no home. I think mm-hmm. they did the right thing and just saying, like, we are what we are whatever. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think that, I think that it's not realistic that the Raptors, and it's okay. They're just a couple of years removed from winning a championship. I don't think it's realistic to say that the Raptors are going to be contenders this next season. Um, and I think that they owe it to Kyle to bring them back to Toronto for a season. And for the, or to the fans, I would say more than, more than they, Kyle. They, well, exactly. And, and so we're going to like, that, that's kind of what I'm getting at in terms of it, Toronto being what it needs to be. And marquee franchises have marquee players that bring historical significance. And the Raptors have never had that. It wasn't Tracy McGrady. It wasn't Vince Carter. It wasn't Damon Stoudemire. It wasn't Chris Bosh. It's Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry is Captain Raptor. And Kyle Lowry needs to walk off the court. He yeah. needs that moment. Toronto needs that moment. He needs that moment. That's how you cement yourself as a premier franchise where you've got a guy 
and he gets his moment. He didn't get his moment in Tampa. And you, he's he's owed that. And yeah, Toronto's owed that. You, you got to give this guy his due. And who cares? Like whether they're competitive or not next year, you know, you can bring him back into a role. It's Fred Van Vliet's team. You got Malachi Flynn who's coming up. You got Kyle in there as a mentor. You got Kyle doing what you want to do. The team will be competitive. This will be a playoff team next year. Uh-huh. Kyle's going to get his shot, right? And then on the other end of it is, as much as we love Kyle, we're biased. Hey, is he really a fit in Miami? Is he really a fit in LA? Yeah, and you're right. are, are, are they going to give him the money that Toronto can give him? No, they probably, can't. They, and they, they won't. They, they won't. And I think that the, the Raptors should bring, I think they will. And I, again, I know uh, I always do like comparisons to other sports, but one of the things that's always bothered me, and maybe I was disproportionately in love with Doug Gilmore in the 90s, but it bothers me that he left and that he played for know, Buffalo for a while and then the Canadians and then came back to the Leafs. And our last memory of Doug Gilmore playing was him hurting his knee like one yeah. minute into his shift. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't the way he should have gone out. They should have, he's, he's another guy who they should have just like kept bringing, kept bringing back. Sure. Um, like, like, like then you end up with like icons, like, um, you know, the Jays have actually done a decent job about that in, in the past, right? You end up with like uh, guys who kept wanting to come back. Um, and I think that I think that Masai has it right. Um, Kawhi was a different example in that he wanted to go he wanted to go back to, to L.A., which is you can't fault him for that. Um, you may not be able to land the premier free agent, but if you can trade for that free agent, they've got yep. a pretty good track record in getting people to to uh, resign. To Yep. Right. You just got to, it, it's almost like a trial period. Like let's, let's show you around. Yep. Um, um, and I think that, I think that there are a lot of people who want to play for him. It's, it's a shame. I think that, um, that uh, uh, I, I don't even want to mispronounce his name. Uh, Milwaukee. Uh, the great oh, Giannis. Giannis. I like that. He didn't. Go to free, yeah. That he didn't go to uh, free agency. Cause I think he, I think there was a very strong, t- strong, strong chance that he came, but he, the NBA, like, uh, more than any other league, I think, people take the money. Yeah. Um, and the contracts actually mean very little because people force themselves out whenever they want to be forced uh, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you never know. Uh, you know, uh, like, if, you, if you could do that, if you could take an extra year and an extra, I don't even know how many more extra millions, to an extra 20 million, um, but you knew you could force your way out and take that contract with you in two years, I, I would. Yeah, because again, like, the only league that doesn't do that is the NFL. Yeah, and, and that's because contracts aren't guaranteed. Right. So if I'm Giannis and I'm offered six years at whatever the money was, it was like 181 million or something. Mm-hmm. And in the preseason, I shatter my tibia, and my career's over. You got the 180 million. I've got the money. Yeah. In the NFL, I mean, I don't know why these guys do it contracts are non-guaranteed and people are falling apart every day mm-hmm. so obviously and, and i and i get that because if i'm an nfl owner in a high contact violent sport like the nfl and especially with like it's a 56 man roster you, you can't have guaranteed contracts mm-hmm. like you you go broke but yeah of course you take the money absolutely you take the money well, on the note of money, um, why don't we spend the last few minutes talking about, um, you know, who I hope everybody in Toronto is moving their attention to uh, for the summer, uh, the Jays in in Buffalo now. Yeah. So, so I, I think that this is, I think that this is uh, 
good for them. And I really hope it's a step towards them coming, uh, coming back um, at some point. Um, I know they're making an exception for, they've already said that they're going to make an exception for, um, the uh, for the NHL. So can they make like a strict bubble exception to come into the hotel at Rogers center for baseball? I think, I think that the only, I think that the only hurdle to that is the players union. Um, I, I think it's harder uh, because I mean, you look at, you look at the NHL and it's a seven game series. It's, it's, it's got a finite number and you know, at most, I mean, let's say that Winnipeg knocks out Montreal I don't even know because I mean, Winnipeg finished third in the division. So Winnipeg's never going to have home ice advantage um, when they get into the conference or the Stanley cup finals. So how many home games are we talking about? You got at least two, maybe three a series. So you're looking at a maximum of six games that you have to play with, with that, with that exception. Fine. Baseball, but I mean, you're doing it's, that it's in a week. Yeah, but so, but, 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 but it's already, it's June now. It's early June. Yeah. Things are looking pretty good. I'm not even talking about June. I'm not talking about July, maybe August, maybe late yeah. August, maybe September, right? Um, at, at, I would pray that at least if the Jays were in the playoffs, that they get to come home for the playoffs. Uh, that would I, be, that would be the best. But now, like a Roger Center with 500 people on it would be stupid. Stupid. Um, but no, I, I I think it would be different. I think optimistically, I'll, I'll say September because I think they want to get the kids back in school and see how things are looking in that regard. Um, you could do fifty percent capacity, and I, the, I, I I see it. But regardless, just being in Buffalo feels better. The team feels closer. Yeah, they're in. A higher fans. grade ballpark, and they have fans, and that was so cool to see. To actually see people wearing Jays jerseys. And so are, those, are those expats? You think, or are there Jays fans in Buffalo now? I think there's Jays fans in Buffalo. I think there's that legitimate connection now, and and you know, as the AAA affiliate, they saw Vladdy, they saw Bo, they saw these kids come up, so they know them, mm-hmm. and, and now they're coming back, and it's oh yeah, well we could be a Yankees fan like half the world, or. You, you can adopt this team. And I, and I think it's legitimate and I, I think it's fantastic. Right. And to see a crowd, a crowd reaction, it, yeah. Tampa it was, was horrible. It was horrible. I mean, it was, I, I, they had to do what they had to do, but it just ended up being extended spring training and you had Phillies and Rays fans and snowbirds from other States down there cheering for whoever the Jays were playing. And it felt weird. It did it, feel that, weird. That felt more pandemic-y than last year. It did. And it did. To have them in Buffalo, Buffalo feels like a home away from home. It felt right. It was great to see. It was great to see fans. I think the team responded. I think the team's happier. And for sure. I, and if if they have to play all year there, and it's one more year of it, fine. I just want playoffs. I just want the playoffs if they make the playoffs. But, sure, and but, and I, that's probably very realistic. And, and you know, just like to to close that that off, I think I, I hope you'd agree with this. Like for all of the talk about how cheap uh, Rogers is good for them for like renovating that stadium two years in a row. Yeah. Um, they didn't have to put a cent into it. They could have just said it's out of our control. Sorry, Mark, like you guys are playing there, but they poured a lot of money into renovating that. And, and frankly, I know uh, Mark Shapiro is a salesman and I, I know that his talk to Rogers was that it's going to leave a better facility for our AAA team down the line. It'll be better for us. 
um, in the majors to have our players in a now like a four A ballpark, basically. Um, and, right? and look at look at the fan reach. Yeah, that's the look point. Look at the fan reach. It's so, so, everything. So, so. And and this is Mark Shapiro again. We talked about him in the last episode, and and his vision and what he is and who he is. This is proper franchise leadership. This is somebody thinking outside of the actual ballpark. Yeah. And it's, and it's phenomenal. And, and look at what it does for the team. Again, that's, like that's it. And, and you have to, you, you, you said it before, like, like, I think that like they could go and be Yankees fans, but I think that realistically Shapiro had to have seen and spoken to ownership to say, New York is still what five hours away from Buffalo. We're yeah. 90 minutes up the highway. Yeah. Um, so when things are normal again, are these fans now gonna gonna take a quick trip up to Rogers Center and and get an easier, cheaper ticket than they can at in in New York? Probably. And, and, and how many Jays fans are gonna go watch a Bison's game now? I you know I'll tell you I, I was I, like I'll tell you like I well, you would and I've wanted to do it for years. I, yeah, but now I want to go see what this new place looks like. I want to go it, see well, it. exactly because you know you and I we've done our baseball trips and whatever and and you and I've always said we should go to Buffalo. We should go to Buffalo. And there's always been that, yeah, cool. It's a minor league park. That'll be kind of fun. No, this, as you said, it's a 4A park. I, I want to go see it. And I guarantee there's tons of Toronto fans that want to go see it. So now you're exposing um, your lower level talent, your AAA players to proper fans. You've, you've got a better vibe. It's a better development system. It better, adds better so much integrity, 100%. And it adds so much integrity to the team, like right. the whole organization, like single layup. Well, I mean, I mean, like, again, I, we, we mentioned this in the last episode, but um, to get a guy, I know he still hasn't played. Maybe we should have talked about that. Maybe we'll talk about that next week. George Springer. Let's talk about that next week. I, I think he'll be on a rehab assignment by the time we talk next week. So, so, so I hope so. Um, but like a guy like Springer signed a contract on a team that has no home. Yeah. Um, um, he must have seen something because he could have he could have gone wherever he wanted to go unless we find out that he had an injury that they knew about that we didn't uh that that's why they were able to sign him and nobody else wanted to sign him no i i think they just they paid the toronto tax they gave the extra year uh, yeah. over over new york and uh, if i'm george springer i'm taking the money of course i'm taking the money but yeah i i think there's something here i'm fine and with I think, that toronto tax by the way i'm tired of that too. being a talking point it did you know you probably pay a milwaukee tax too uh, yeah, of course. And it is, it's the cost and of doing business. Sorry, it, it is what it is. You're telling me the Oakland A's don't have to pay a tax? They don't because they're cheap and they don't spend money, but they don't get marquee free agents. You don't think Tampa Bay would have to pay a Tampa Bay tax? No, it's, it's fine. And I think there's guys, I think, I think George Springer liked the idea of playing for a country instead of a city. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, like, uh, I don't know. Like, like I said, I, I actually, I, I don't have any actual issues with the Jays. Uh, ownership structure um, at all. I don't have any problems with their management. I'm happy they're in Buffalo now. Um, I actually think it would have been, I think it would have been easy uh, for a lazy management team to just like stay in Dunedin. Like this, it is what it is this year. Um, but the fact that they continue, and I, and I actually believe him. Um, I actually believe them that Shapiro is still working to get back to Toronto. I, I bet you he has a call with at least like John Tory um, every other week. What's Wait, going well, on? It's, it's it's not even Tory. It's the federal government. I think he's talking to the federal government weekly. I think I th but but I but I believe that he is, and I believe yep. that he is. I don't think that he has a lackey doing it. I I, mm -hmm. I think that he has somebody in the public service that he has their number and he calls them. 
what's going on? How do we get the team back to Toronto? Can we at least get the, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that conversation is like, um, I, I understand we can't move back permanently. Could we have a weekend series on Canada day? Could we yeah. spend Canada day in Toronto? Can we do something? Um, yeah. and, and, and I mean, that's the first I've ever thought about that, but maybe that does happen. Maybe that maybe Canada reaches like a threshold. Like I think we're at like 65% of eligible adults are vaccinated. Maybe by Canada day, we're at 75%. And maybe that's that's the reward. Um, Ontario's over seventy percent now. Okay, so then maybe that's the reward. Maybe uh, we bring the Jays back for a weekend series um, in Toronto, um, and we open it up to. And I'm not even going to say healthcare workers. Um, we open it up to uh, five thousand frontline workers, so yeah. grocery store workers, um, healthcare workers, um, and um, it doesn't cost you anything. Like something, some little like reward, because I think we've been through. I think we've been through a lot, and I think that um, I think that um, Rogers. And uh, this is going to sound like callous, but I think Rogers needs to see this as a way to um, put their name all over this, right? Like, look what well, we're I, doing. I, uh, Rogers has exactly um, shown the most integrity during the pandemic. No, they, they haven't. I, no, but they haven't. But yeah, any, but, any but, win but, they but, can get is good. But that's my point is what are the Jays? Like the Jays are like their like goodwill gesture almost. Like yeah. does, right. So so like and if they were able to do that, if 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 they were to if the if the Jays win a championship for, for they win a World Series, um, I think Rogers could charge ten percent more and people would be like, We love Rogers. Right. So or, yeah, or a lot if, of people. If, if the Jays make a divisional final, they can charge ten percent more. Right. I, I mean, I, I, I bet you, I, I, I don't have these numbers, but I, I would be willing to bet that in 2015, their subscribe, their subscriber rates went up. Um, I, mm -hmm. I, I bet you they did. Uh, sure. But anyway, well, you know what, on that note, why don't we wrap up episode two? Um, um, I'm, I'm recording this from the cottage again. So I'll go over to your mom and get her to uh, download it immediately. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and hi mom. Bye mom. Sorry. We kind of started off on fire. <laughs> no problem. You know what? I might see her again. I'll go, I'll go out in the lake and get stuck again. So uh, <laughs> Phil can come rescue me and your mom can make fun of me again. So anyway, that's how it works. All right. Well, good to talk to you again, Will. And yep. um, I, uh, I, I haven't cut this episode yet, but I promise everybody that I'm going to put better music than the Euro trash I did the last time. So. Yeah. There isn't enough. Um, isn't enough acid or ecstasy to make that palatable. That's true. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, cool. and we'll talk to you next week. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.